You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, gameplay, and more. Let's get straight to it. Welcome back to another edition of the Goal Line Stand Podcast. Our first official preview of the season, well, outside of week one, you know, every week zero. It's week one. Me and Kobe are ready to go. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. We got a lot of football to talk Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I can't wait. Yeah, there's there's a lot of games this Thursday and Friday and some interesting ones as well. Some of the point spreads might be big, but that doesn't mean that there's not things to watch and, you know, you want to keep on tap for, for weeks to come. Um, so I'll hit on some Georgia Tech news real quick. There's been – it's NFL cut down day. There's been a flurry of news. I think the biggest one that I saw, I think it's kind of been trending in this direction, but former Georgia Tech walk-on Jack Coco is going to be the long snapper for the Green Bay Packers this year. Um, he long snapped for Georgia Tech for a little bit, got put on scholarship, moved to tight end. He didn't snap long snap last year, but um, he, he he did great for the Packers this training camp. You know, they, they released their other long snapper this week, which kind of made it clear that that's the direction they were going with. It looks like Tariq Carpenter, the defensive back, he's going to make it as well as um, Tyler Davis, the tight end. So Green Bay is kind of Georgia Tech U at this point. So some other non-surprises like Darren Waller. There was talks yesterday he might become the highest paid tight end in the NFL. Um, there hadn't been anything on that today. And there's there's been some guys getting cut today. Kyrick McGowan, he was cut. Wanye Thomas was cut by the Cowboys. And we're still waiting on some other news. So be sure to go check it, all this content out at All Yellow Jackets. We're gonna, it's, it, there's going to be a lot more coming on the NFL uh, cut downs. And it's obviously Clemson. We, you know, we'll be discussing that game in more detail on Friday. But there's a lot of games Thursday. There's some games on Friday as well. There's no ranked matchup, but – we got the return of the backyard brawl. Um, you know, the most memorable game of this that, you know, from at least growing up watching it was 2007. West Virginia, one went away from getting in the national championship. Pittsburgh is four and seven. LaShawn McCoy is at running back. It was some ugly 13. It was like 13 to nine, maybe, or 10 to yeah. seven, something like that. And kept West Virginia out of the national championship game. Pat White was a little dinged. That's a name everybody loves. Remember, Pat White was a little dinged up in that game. But we get this game back center stage. Pitt coming off an ACC championship last season, huge surprise. West Virginia, Neil Brown is on the hot seat. Well, I think that's debatable whether he should be. But you know, they haven't won uh, enough over the years he's been there. So it, it's going to be huge um, for either. I think either team can win this game. I know Pitt is sitting right now at seven and a half point favorites it's going to be the debut of Keaton Slovis who was named the starter earlier this week everybody wants to talk about Pickett and Addison being gone but what, what do you think is like the biggest storyline to you heading into this game is, is it the the debut of Slovis as a quarterback uh, I'm gonna play devil's advocate I'm gonna go with JT Daniels I mean first time we're gonna see this kid since what week one of last season yeah, I, mean, I think he did play in a game against Missouri, mm-hmm. which was maybe mid-year, but he hasn't started yep. in a long time. Yeah, so it's really going to be the battle of the former USC quarterbacks, but I'm very interested to see what JT Daniels does. Keaton Slovis, I think he showed me enough last year to show that he won't, he may not live up to what uh, Pickett did last year, but he, he can put up some stats. He can make some good throws and take care of the football, but I'm interested to really see JT Daniels. I want him to shine. Uh, I thought he personally should have been the starter at Georgia. 
Um, I think he's a talented kid. I think the cars just haven't been in his favor, so hopefully he can get it picked up at West Virginia. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of along those same lines. Like I, I'm a little more down on Daniels just just because there wasn't like a whole lot of interest in him when he when he entered the transfer portal. I think some of that is injuries, and he he seems to be healthy. Like he, there hasn't been any issues since he's been at West Virginia. He reunites with his old offensive coordinator at USC, Graham Harrell. This uh, this West Virginia offense has been uh, dreadful, you know, since Neil Brown's been there. I think another thing I'm watching in term in terms of West Virginia is how they replace some of their defensive guys. You know, the Akeem Mesidor and Daryl Porter are going to Miami. This was actually like a really solid defense. I don't think many people knew about that because West Virginia hasn't been winning. But replacing those guys is is, is not going to be easy. And I just I think. Going up against this Pitt offense, I, I want Pitt's going to try to run the ball. Like I, Pat Narduzzi, you know, he was apparently mad that Mark Whipple threw the ball so much last year, even though they had a top five passing offense last year. So that makes no sense. But their Pitt's going to run the ball this year. Be ready for it. So this Pitt offensive line against the West Virginia defensive line, I think, is going to be like a, a big X factor in, in determining this game. I, what are you looking for out of this Pitt offense without Pickett and Addison? Do you think we're going to see like a more run heavy approach? You know, is there some receivers you think they can step up? Um, I think they will transition to a little bit more run heavy because you got Keaton Slovis in there and you really, I think you really need to take your time with him, get him accustomed to the system, get him accustomed to the game. I think you're really going to have to honestly take care of the football. I think that's going to be the biggest thing because I mean, I don't see them having that outside threat that Jordan Addison was for them last year, which of course is hard to live up to a Bolitnikoff caliber season, but until they have a proven guy that can show up, make the big plays, don't turn the football over, I think you're really going to have to baby step, so you're going to have to really rely on that run game to get them going. Yeah. One guy I'm kind of excited to see is Kanata Mumpfield. I hope yeah. I can right. The transfer from Akron. He's supposed to be really speedy, break open the defense vertically. I, the hope was to pair him with Addison and re, the other returning receiver, Jared Wayne. That obviously did not come to fruition, but – I like this pit offensive line. I like their. I really like their defensive line, and I, I don't know that West Virginia has the the weapons to test what was kind of a questionable pit secondary last year. Yeah, I agree with you, and it's the same thing with JT Daniels. It's JT Daniels. I think he does have the arm strength. He flashed that at his first couple of games at Georgia. He still has the arm strength and the arm talent, but I think in this type of game, it's going to be hard nosed. It's going to be physical. We're getting a good rivalry back. Um, I think they're really going to rely – both of them are going to rely on the run games a little more. Yeah. I mean, I, I again, I think the ultimate X factor is is going to be this West Virginia defensive line against the Pitt offensive line. If West Virginia can step up and stop the run and yeah. force Pitt to beat them over the top, like I, I think that's how West Virginia wins this game because, like we said, I, th- I think Pitt's going to come out and just try to ram it down their throat and get out of there. Um, yeah, I agree. Spreads at seven and a half. Give me a pick straight up. Give me one against the spread. Uh, I'm going to take Pitt, and I like them to cover. I think they cover that seven and a half. Um, if they do cover, it may – I don't see them winning by any more than two touchdowns. I see it being about ten, a ten-point deficit. But I think they definitely win cover. Pitt wins. I think West Virginia covers. Like, just with this being the first game with, with Slovis at quarterback and a, and a lot of new faces at receiver, I, I think West Virginia has enough to keep this game close. And I, I've still – I've got some 
I've I've got some concerns about Pitt that that I, that I think that yeah. West Virginia can exploit, and I think if it was seven or six and a half, like I would like that a little bit better, but seven and a half is just a little much. That half point, so so give me Pitt to to win the game, but I think it'll be just by three or four. Like I, I think this is going to be a game going into the fourth quarter. And yeah. speaking of another game that could be going into the fourth quarter in West Lafayette, Indiana, is going to be Penn State and Purdue. A lot of people have been surprised, myself included. This spread's only three and a half. Like it is on the road, but um, with with the guys at Purdue lost and David Bell and George Karloftis, and and on this defense in particular, like this that spread not being big just kind of concerns me a little bit. That maybe I'm not seeing something in Purdue that that I because I, I do think they're a little overrated. But well, what's your overall thoughts going into this game? And, like, do, do you see Purdue being able to pull off kind of a big upset here to start out the season? It is very, very possible. Purdue is always one of those under-the-radar teams that can come up and beat you any given Saturday, um, or in this case, any given Thursday. Uh, but Penn State, there should be no reason with the personnel that Penn State is going to put on the field. There should be no reason they don't win in cover. But also, do we rely on Sean Clifford coming back, being 100% and being at the top of his game? Are they going to have to work him in a little bit? Is he going to be a little bit rusty? We don't know. Um, it'll be a very interesting game, especially to start Big Ten play right off the rip. Um, because the way Purdue's schedule set up, Penn State could win this game, but Purdue could end up having the better record at the end of the season. I'm interested to see Penn State's running game. Just with Noah Kane off to LSU, Nick Singleton being the number one back in the country. Like, I think the, the, the thing that can really get Penn State back into that upper echelon of the, in the Big Ten is not having to put it all on Sean Clifford and having a strong yep. running game. We remember when they had Saquon Barkley with McSorley, Miles Sanders as well. They were just so much more balanced. Like last year, 118th in rushing offense. I mean, that's just not going to get it done when I think Clifford's not a bad quarterback, but I also don't think he's a guy where he's good. You want him to throw 40, 45 times and go get you in a shootout. If Purdue turns this into a shootout, that's going to worry me because Aiden O'Connell, I think, is a quarterback that can win this in a shootout. You saw him do it against Tennessee last year. You know, and the game is on the road. I, I, I think that place could kind of be rocking. I'm kind of interested. To say, I know Purdue's not exactly known for a huge home field advantage, but first game of the season, Pitt, I'm a little surprised Penn State's not ranked at all, but, you know, you're going to have Penn State coming in there. I, I think Penn State's going to come in here with a bad taste in their mouth because, uh, you know, from about 2016 to maybe up until the COVID year, th- this was one of the better programs in the country as well as Big yeah. Ten. You know, they won the Big Ten in 2016, you know, had the big upset over Ohio State, beat Wisconsin in the championship game, went to the Rose Bowl and played in that classic game. And I'll, I'll still contend that 2017 team could have been a playoff team. Like, I think they could have beat anybody on a neutral field. But I I, I want to see them get back to that level of play. And I, I think if Clifford doesn't get hurt last year, I think they keep progressing towards that because I think that's the reason they lost yeah. that Iowa game. But Parker Washington is a stud at receiver. I, I'm anxious to see him. And I, I just – I really want to see this Penn State team in action because they – I'm worried I'm going to get it thrown back in my face a little bit that uh, I think they're criminally underrated heading into the season. Uh, let me ask you this. If Sean Clifford isn't living up to the expectations, what are the odds you think they put Drew Aller in? In this game, I, I don't know. I, it would have to be just really, like, really bad. Um, I think if they were to make a change, it could come against Auburn more than, more than likely because I, I think they'll let Clifford ride this out. I mean, you got to think about it. He is a 
fifth or sixth year senior. Yeah. I mean, he's been around for a, a hot minute. So I think zero chance. I, I just, you know, from the yeah. watching him in the spring game and just reading reports about it, I, I don't know that all is ready to step into it. I know he's got the five star status, but I mean, they they've been pretty adamant that hey, this is Sean Clifford's show, and. Yeah. Like, like I said in our Big Ten preview, Sean Clifford was ranked in the top ten in quarterback efficiency last year when he was healthy. Whether you think that that's a real thing or uh, fool's gold, that's a different yeah. story. But I, I, I trust him in this game. I, I like Penn State to go in there and make a statement. Like I, I think all the talk I've put on them all offseason, I think it'd be a mistake if I didn't say they go and win emphatically um, on Thursday night. I think they win. I think they win by double digits. Yeah. How it should happen, Penn State, they will win the game and they will cover. But the way Purdue is set up, and I've watched them do this time and time again, like you said, this game could very well be decided in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that's that'll be an ultimate test right there because I, I don't think Sean Clifford is that much better than Aiden O'Connell. Like, I think Aiden O'Connell is yeah. Back, I just think it's going to be interesting. David Bell was just a target machine at, at Purdue last year. Losing a guy like him, you know, this is in Ohio State where they just have some, another receiver ready to go. Like this is this is Purdue. Like another guy might not be just ready right offhand. So I think their yeah, defense suffer a drop off as well. You know, they they were a top top forty defense last year. I think losing Carl Loftus is just such an impact as a pass rusher. Um, he went in the first round of the Chiefs, so. My my official pick is going to be Penn State wins, Penn State covers. I like them to win by at least 14 points. I agree with you. I like them to win and cover. So, you know, there's not another, like, I guess those are the two marquee games on Thursday night. Like, what's something that's kind of you're looking for just out of these other games? Like, you want to wake up to, you want to you want to look down and say, hey, that that's kind of interesting because for me, it's Tennessee, which seems weird because they have a 35-point spread. But I want to see if they're as, as good as they were last year on offense, if they can go in there, put a number on Ball State, get out of there before they have to go play Pitt next weekend. Tennessee will be interesting because I really want to see – like I want to wake up the next morning and see Hennon Hooker had such and such stats. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to see yeah. that he just had a magnificent game. Um, I think that would be very interesting to see. Uh, out of the rest of the game, sitting here looking through the schedule right now. Another one I'm kind of interested to see, like it's going to be non-competitive and a blowout as well, but I want to see how Wake Forest offense looks without Hartman because we don't, we still don't know how long he's going to be out. I know that it's just VMI. That game will be over when it starts, but I, I at least think it's worth paying attention to to see how their backup quarterback looks because, you know, Hart, Hartman's been there for a long time, so there haven't been a lot of chances for guys to play. So I, I'm at least interested to see how their quarterback situation uh, works out on Thursday. Um, To add on to that, I'm very interested to see what Michigan State does. I'm pretty sure they got Western – yeah, they got Western Michigan. They're favored by 23 right now. Um, I want to see who the guy is. You know, they had Kenneth Walker last year. He had what some would say was a Heisman caliber season. I'm ready to see who the guy is. I mean, you know who the guy is at quarterback. You know, you got Jaden Reed on the outside at receiver. Who's going to be the top of their running game? Who's going to, who's going to be the bell cow running back in that offense? I wonder if Mel Tucker's gotten that figured out or if he's going to use this game to really give a bunch of different guys the rock and see what they do with it. Yeah. And, you know, we mentioned it on the ACC preview. Western Michigan went up to Pitt and beat Pitt. I don't think that's not going to happen this time, but like Western Michigan is not a bad program by any means. So 
it always seems like a season tradition that, that we get Michigan State facing one of those like Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, Central yep. Michigan. They're, they're always doing that. It seems like every year. So, um, that, that'll be pretty interesting. See, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see their defense in that game. Just, I mean, everybody knows that their past defense was just really, really, really bad last year in the hundreds. West, Western Michigan probably doesn't have the guys to really test that out. Um, you know, they, they did lose some, some talented players. I mean, they went to a bowl game last year and they, they blew Nevada out. So that yeah. a new quarterback, I mean, I think they're returning just three starters on offense. So I think this is not the week you see Michigan State get tested. I think that'll come later down the line, but, um, West Michigan's put up points before. So I'm interested yeah. in that. I'm also interested to see TCU's offense in their first game under Sonny Dykes going against Colorado. Um, me and you both have low expectations for Colorado this year, but I'm interested yeah. to see the, quarter, the quarterback situation. And TCU has one of the best receivers in the country that I don't really think anybody talks about. Um, yeah. Quentin Johnson, uh, he, he's he's not going to be an All-American this year, but I, I, he's got a lot of talent. And I think he he's put up a stud, you know, man. So – I think TCU's a dark. We we talked about it in our Big Twelve preview. I think TCU's a dark horse. Um, I'd like to see them come out and really assert themselves Friday night. Yeah, I agree with you. If they can come out, I mean, they're favored by fourteen right now. Um, yeah. I like them to cover, but if they can come out and look like they're playing efficient football, it's really going to set them up and give them a good morale going into Big Twelve play. Yeah, and you know, on our latest episode of the spreads, not quite as big as we think it should be. Virginia Tech is a slight touchdown favorite in Old Dominion. It's one of those weird non-conference games. I don't know why they're going to Old Dominion, but the last time they did, Justin Fuente, that might have been the night he really lost his job. I think it was yeah. 2018 when they were upset. I don't think it happens again. But it, it, the, the the spread's pretty low, and you know, Virginia Tech's a team, new head coach and Brent Pry. Marshall transfer quarterback Grant Wells is a starter there. They're having to replace their leading rusher, their leading receiver, some key guys on the offensive line. It wouldn't surprise me at halftime. This is a really tight game. Yeah, I agree with you. It'd be very cool to see if they could pull off that upset. I mean, I don't know. They got them favored at seven and a half right now. Virginia Tech, they shouldn't lose this game. Like you said, last time they walked in there, I mean, you saw what happened on the field. Mm -hmm. So, I think it'll be interesting, and honestly, it really bothers me. I think we talked about this with another game uh, a little earlier. It just it bothers me that Virginia Tech isn't favored by more. Yeah, like those always just like raise your eyebrows. Like you think, oh, Virginia Tech's going to win by twenty five, but yeah, oh, seven and a half, huh? So maybe maybe you got to go look back and if you're overrating Virginia Tech, underrating Old Dominion. So there's going to be a lot of new starting quarterbacks this weekend. I think Wells is one of the ones I'm really interested in because I think if he plays like he did. At his heights at Marshall, I think Virginia Tech could, could could pull some upsets. They're not winning the Coastal, but their schedule's light enough to where I think they could get to possibly eight wins. I'm a little higher on that team than most just because, it, like, Wells showed at Marshall that he has a, a ceiling he can hit, but he is also incredibly inconsistent. Like, his lows at Marshall were pretty bad, especially towards the end of last year so. Um, is there any quarterback you're really looking to see maybe for the first time this weekend, whether it's uh, Wells or um, some other guys like at TCU? The, you know, you have the quarterback battle over at TCU. I mean, honestly, not really. I'm really more waiting until Saturday to really see the QB battles. I think we'll get to that on Friday's pod. But, yeah, as far as, as, far as Thursday and Friday – 
I'm really not looking at any specific player. I'm really just looking at to see there if there's a couple teams that can come out and play efficient football. And obviously, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Mike Elko's debut at Duke. This could be the only time that Duke's favored all season long. They are seven-point favorites at home against Temple. Riley Leonard named the starter. Um, Temple's going through a complete rebuild right now. I mean, they, they're probably going to be like bottom five, bottom ten team in the country. Um, we saw some of those last weekend, Hawaii. Um, so, I'd like to see Duke get a win. I, I, this is not going to be a good year for them. When they have opportunities to get a win, I would like to see it. And they, they've got a few here at the start. They do go. They got got to play Northwestern next week. So um, nothing specific I'm looking for in this game. I'll just kind of be as a Georgia Tech reporter. That's one of the games I do have them winning. I dropped my season predictions a couple of days ago. Go check it out at alliellowjackets.com. So. I want to see how Duke looks because who knows? Maybe Duke looks better than I think, and then they can give Tech more of a, a game than I originally envisioned. But I'm I'm at least interested to see Elko's debut there. Um, who you got winning that game? You going Duke? Or you going to? I mean, I gotta go Duke. But even then, we just said it again. Like, how are they only favored by seven? Is Duke really going to yeah. be that bad this year? Yeah, yeah. Um, in in uh, other games like that, they really are. I mean, you're talking about it. Duke Duke's a little low on the talent pole anyway, but you lose your starting quarterback. Mateo, yeah. he was cut today by the Steelers, but he was – I mean, he had 1,300 yards last year. He was a really underrated back in the ACC last year, and yeah. I don't think many people realize that. Jake Bobo's at UCLA now, their leading receiver from last year. Their defense ranked 130th overall. I mean, they, they were quite literally the worst defense in the country. I don't see that getting any better this year, even with Elko's head coach, so – they're going to have some opportunities here at the beginning. Like uh, they're probably not going to go to Northwestern and win, but NCA and T in Kansas are coming up on the schedule, and that that's a game that obviously everybody will get excited for when they go to Kansas. So, yeah, I, I think Nick wins this weekend. Um, um, I, I don't know by how much. I couldn't tell you how much. I have no confidence in that. Yeah. But let me more. ask you this. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say. Let me ask you this. How are you feeling about Indiana and Illinois? Took the words right out of my mouth. That's where I was going. This, yeah. this is another like spread that kind of surprised me because I'm higher on Illinois than most. Um, I think they're gonna they can run the ball really effectively, and I think they're gonna go to a bowl game. And to do that, they're gonna have to beat Indiana. Um, Indiana is actually they're favored in this game. They didn't win yeah. a game in the Big Ten last year, and they're favored in this game. So that surprises me. I, I don't know if people are maybe catching on to how bad Indiana is this year. Maybe I'm just overthinking it, but. I think Illinois goes in there and wins by a touchdown. Really? I'm going to have to go – I'm going to pick Indiana on this pick. I mean, they only oh. got them favored by a three right now. And I think they could cover that. Like, I think Chase Brown goes in there, 120 yards, two touchdowns. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That's going to be one we're going to have to keep an eye on on Friday. That's an 8 o'clock game, yeah. I don't know. There's I just like on this podcast is between Indiana and Illinois. Yeah, that's gonna be a dog fight. Yeah, I mean that that's gonna be kind of wrapping up Friday. We'll head into Saturday. Um, any just overall thoughts on on Thursday and Friday? I mean, I think we kind of hit the games. That uh, do you have any thoughts on Oklahoma State Central Michigan? I mean, that's Oklahoma State's a ranked I mean, team playing. Oklahoma State better win by thirty. <laughs> Like, it should not even be close at all. If they struggle even a little bit, that's going to be very questionable. 
Yeah, and there's always – I think there is always some teams we see struggling week one. Like, I, I know Utah has made it a, a thing in the past where they play an FCS team and it's, like, close at halftime and you can't understand why. But then they, they wound up winning by a, a pretty big score. I just yeah. wonder if there's going to be some halftime score of some one of those uh, off-the-radar games that we see and we just kind of, like, yeah. turn on our heads, like, maybe Ball State keeps it closer with Tennessee or just something like that. I think Tennessee wins by this probably but um yeah. there's usually that that the first week of the season because you know it, it, college football doesn't have a preseason it, it's not like they can go out get guys in shape or in game shape i'll say in and playing different teams so there's always the likelihood that teams are going to come out rusty so uh that's one thing i do expect to see i just hope it's not penn state or Pitt. yeah but so i guess that'll wrap up our show today um we we've got a, a huge huge episode coming Friday. This a massive massive week one of Utah, Florida, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Georgia, Oregon, Cincinnati, Arkansas, and then obviously we'll hit on the the big LSU Florida State game Sunday, Georgia Tech Clemson on Monday, and just everything in between. We're we're gonna have pretty much every game covered. Um, Kobe, you got anything else to say, man? No, man. Like I said on our last episode, just counting down the days, man. Yeah, it seems like we, we take little steps every day to get to like the, yep. the big weekend, you know, like we had week zero, which was fun, you know, with Vanderbilt, the highest scoring team in the nation, leaders in the SEC now. You got no, Northwestern pulling a surprise. And then you got these games on uh, Thursday and Friday. I, I'm happy to see that West Virginia and Pitt are playing each other again. I think, you know, ever since yep. they both come out of the Big East like that, that's been a game that I think I, I've missed watching a little bit. But, you know, Saturday's going to be the big one. We'll get into more of that on our episode on Friday. But this is Jackson Caldell. That is Kobe Reed. Go follow us both on social media. Follow the Go Line Stand podcast on social media. We are out.